Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Oh, Annie, I have a question for you. Okay. Can you tell me a time in your childhood you had a friendship ending moment? Mm. So the one that comes immediately to mind actually wasn't a friendship ending moment for me, but one of my best friends who's been on the show now, Katie, and I have two best friends, Katie, so that's very confusing. But recently, Katie, we grew up together. We were neighbors and um, I loved hanging out with her. She was friends with another Katie. My goodness. Katie Jones, uh, who was like a cool kid. And I was very much not a cool kid at this point. This was like third grade. I was cool up until third grade, but then things changed. Um, (laughs) But they were both at my house because Katie had come to visit my friend Katie and my friend Katie wanted to come hang out with me. And I'm sorry, this is so confusing. But um, (laughs) we were playing like that game of hopscotch where it's like a snail. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but we loved playing it. And Katie Jones reached her boiling point and said to my friend Katie, like, I don't like this girl, Annie. You choose right here now. Which one of us is it going to be? Because I will walk out of here right now. (laughs) We won't be friends anymore. And I was kind of shocked because I didn't know where this coat had come from. (laughs) But uh, my friend Katie, she just continued to play the game in silence, didn't say anything. And Katie Jones walked away by herself and history was made. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was pretty dramatic. That is dramatic. I've never had a full-fledged declaration. Yeah. In giving you an ultimatum. Wow. Especially middle school. That, it was elementary school. Wow. And uh, yeah, they were not friends again after that. And it, things were always awkward between me and Katie Jones. And we both played clarinet and band. It was a little <laughs> tense. <laughs> I love it. You got to love have competition. That's what that is. <laughs> right. I was second chair. She was third. Oh, nice. <laughs> You win. You win. I did. I did. No, yeah. I think I've had a few incidents. I know I had one friend who was so bossy that I finally, I remember being on a swing set. I just looked at her and yelled at her, stop telling me what to do and Mm -hmm. walked off. And we were never friends after that. It was Mm -hmm. weird because it was more of like she was trying to get me to talk to a boy and I didn't like that. Yeah. And that was kind of the end of the friendship because I was like, I don't want to talk to... Even though I'm pretty sure I was the annoying one as the kid, but that's the one I can remember more so than anything else. And a lot of my friendships didn't end because anything bad, Mm -hmm. but a lot of them ended because they moved away or circumstances happened where we changed in interest. But it was never like, oh, we can't be friends that I can think of. I did have my other next door neighbor, Jordan... She was a bit younger than me, and I kind of resented her after a while because it was those situations where we always carpooled together. We did, our moms were friends, so it was just like convenience. And she spent so much time at my house, uh, and we babysit her family. And I really didn't like her brothers. I felt like they were mean to my brother, and they like took advantage of all of our stuff. Like we would be not at home, and we would come home, and they were like, using all of our stuff and it it bothered me. Yeah. But I was I think looking back I was kind of controlling but she was also kind of mean. See. And I overheard her talking about me on several occasions and eventually 
I was like, I don't think we're friends anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I had that too. I had a friend that I was friends with her for three or four years. But it was definitely one of those friendships that I was her sidekick, if you know what I mean. Like she would do all these things. So I would have to hang out with her just so she could hang out with this boy. I would have to do this with her that she would love and I didn't want to do. But I'm like, okay, I'm here. Mm -hmm. And I remember her trying to get validation in uh, wanting to flirt with boys. And that was fine. That was just not something I wanted to do. And I was very scared of boys at this point in time. And I remember her making fun of me for that. And I was like, look, just because you like being with all the guys doesn't mean I want to. She took that as me calling her a slut. Oh, and told yeah. her friends mm-hmm. that I was ca- I called her a slut, and so like they completely heard that, and right. that I was judgmental, and I could hear them talking about me, and they would gang up on me on the bus, and uh, I would have to sit by myself. Oh, yeah, it was one of those stories. Uh, we kept kind of in touch for the most part, but we definitely because we were also different grades and all of that, so that changed. She got mm-hmm. a car, I didn't get a car. I had to work. Yeah. She didn't have to work, so it was all nice for her. But yeah, it was really a weird friendship. I remember trying to figure out how, like, a man, I was like, this is a bad uh, teenage movie. Right. Right, right, right. right. But, yes, we've discussed. I'm sure everybody's wondering why we're talking about this. And we've discussed (laughs) before the power of female friendship and the power of platonic female connection. And honestly, it's something that's been a comfort and a lot of big, big help in this last year. Uh, Friendship is, by the way, defined by Merriam-Webster as the state of being friends or the quality or state of being friendly. Which I feel like that's not strong enough of a definition to me because I'm like, friendship is so powerful. Maybe that's, that's right. Me. It's almost like the acquaintance. Yes. I feel like there's a bunch of levels of friends. You know, you've got your your inner circle friends and then you've got kind of your acquaintance friends. And right. Then, I don't know. Yeah, you do. Uh, definitely <laughs> the best friend title. Who's the best friend? Who's your crew? Definitely a lot of titles to that. And Mm -hmm. if you've been a listener of the show, I think you probably already know we are all about women supporting women and about how important it is to maintain friendships with other women. As in fact, I've always been one of those who go by the Leslie Nope motto of uteruses before deuteruses. And I mean (laughs) that for anyone with a uterus. And of course, one of my, I think one of my better qualities, I don't know, is that I am ridiculously loyal. And uh, I'm definitely one of those that you just can't mess with my people. If you do, I'm coming to get you real hard. (laughs) I would agree. I think you're very loyal. I think you're a wonderful friend. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I... One of the most fortunate areas, I think, in my life is that I had really good and strong friendships with other girls and women pretty much my entire life. And some of those, you know, did fade away or turned out to not work out for whatever reason. But I had a core group of friends from high school that I'm still really good friends with and we still see each other. And then I have people from college and then I have people from work and like outside circles. And I just think it's so... Whenever I'm thinking of um, difficult situations and how do you get through it or what do you enjoy in life, it's almost always like, oh, I have the support of my friends. I have the support of this group of friends. They're there for me and they bring so much joy and all, all so much support as well. And I know people in my life who I'm close to who don't have that, who don't have a strong support group of friends. And I've just seen 
how lucky I am to have it, like how right. difficult it can be without it. So I am very much with you, Samantha. I'm a huge proponent of friendships and especially among women. And though we could continue to, yes, sing the praises of female friendship, we aren't talking about that necessarily today. No, today we wanted to take a look at the end of friendships and specifically what happens when women stop being friends with other women. And we need to go ahead and let you know that many of the articles about that are heavily weighed down with a lot of misogynistic language, a lot of stereotypical ideas of female friends, i.e. catty, backstabbing, drama queen, and characteristics like that. So though we may mention it, please take that with a grain of salt. Right. So there are several reasons why a friendship will end. We talked a little bit about it before in our own personal experiences. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure we've all dealt with it for some reason. But we wanted to look at why and even when maybe we should go ahead and just let it end. Yes. Um, And one of those things, I never heard of this before, but when I heard the term, I was immediately like, oh, yeah, (laughs) I know what this is. Um, And that's friendship fade. Yeah, so there have been different reasons and ways to end a friendship. And one of them is this one, which has been more of a thing since the pandemic and lockdowns. I've definitely heard people talk about it. Like, you know who your real friends are, are like you know, right. the sticking friends. I feel like for me, though, my experience has been there. Some that have faded, but I'm confident they're going to come back. Right. Like, we're just right. not hanging out that much right now. And there's a lot of stress. But I feel like if that eases... We will hang out. Right. And then just because it happens doesn't mean it happens because it's something bad or because yeah. you mean, like you're being mean about it. It's not exactly. always intended as negative, I don't like you thing. Right. Exactly. But okay, what exactly is friendship fade? According to a woman's health article, friendship fade is the quote, feeling that your formerly tight connections are disappearing down a pit of silence. Just not gloomy at all. Pit of silence sounds like a Dungeons and Dragons spell. (laughs) Uh, There you go. I know that, Annie. Pit of silence. (laughs) Um, But this is a bit different from the friendly fade, which the Urban Dictionary defines as, quote, a passive-aggressive method to break up with a friend without being hurtful or ghosting a friendship. And we will come back to that. Right. So not surprisingly, the pandemic has opened up the possibility of this happening. And there could be so many reasons outside of just being overwhelmed and panicked about the state of the world. And for me specifically, one of the reasons of the fade is due to the fact like there's nothing new or -hmm. really meaningful that's happening right now. (laughs) So I feel like when people ask me, how are you? I really have Mm -hmm. nothing to say other than, eh. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh-huh. my daily routine has come to the point that it has become monotonous. Uh, wake up, take out the dog, work, eat, watch the same shows over and over again, and go to bed. Uh, again, when, when someone asks what I've been doing, is there anything new going on with you? Literally, I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. My mom is the same, which is funny. Because as the child, I feel like I'm the one always kind of, I don't do this anymore, but when I was younger, I would dodge phone calls and stuff. And now I get the feeling she's dodging mine. (laughs) And she told me, she's like, well, you know, I'm just not doing much. I don't have much to talk about. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Nor do I. And that is definitely something I've noticed, especially in conversations with her, because it used to be kind of, I would come in and I'd be like, Here's the 15,000 new things that have happened. And now it's sort of like, oh, my shishito plant has red shishitos on it now. (laughs) (laughs) Which is exciting, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) 
And especially in regards to lockdowns and rules, people have been divided on how to the letter people may be following those rules. And for some, that changed the way you viewed that friendship. Um, yes. I for mean, it really sure. has. I think we even had... So we just finally are getting to the point we're going out. We hung out with your co-host from Saber, Lauren, and she was talking mm-hmm. about, you know, what she did during the pandemic. And she made a statement, of course. I think you and uh, Annie had a, a little more stricter lockdown mm-hmm. follows and rules. And we were like, yeah. And apparently people have been going out. And I'm like, oh, yeah. wow. I didn't know that. And definitely when making plans, it was me, you, my partner. That was it. And mm-hmm. if I wanted to make plans with someone, we made sure that we had a two-week quarantine mm-hmm. checkup if we needed to make sure that the other person had tested and let each other know what's going on. And then we would hang out. Mm-hmm. Apparently not everyone's doing that. And I think we had, did we have a conversation? Yeah, we had a conversation about the fact that we wanted to invite certain people, but we were thinking, I don't know if they're actually following the quarantine yeah. rules. Yeah, it's been really tough for me. And I imagine for a lot of people because it's not a shocking thing to hear. Like I'm not, I knew people were doing that, but for so, I do get hurt by it and I get a little <laughs> mad about it. And honestly, after we learned that um, when we were hanging out that time, I went home and like got really upset. Oh no. And it's, just, I had to think about why it was upsetting me so much. And, and there's obviously something else going on there, but it is, it's an issue. And right. it's an issue where it's hard not to have some sort of emotion one way or the other, where there's there's particularly in my case, I'm thinking of one guy who I know when I meet, when we hang out, it's going to become a point where he's going to be like, I don't get why you were taking it so seriously. And it's going to be hard for me not to fight with this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see that. I mean, definitely for me, a part of that whole like people getting together was I felt left out. And this is a fear of mine of being yeah. left out and unwanted. Uh-huh. And even though I, it absolutely was my rule and my mm-hmm. choice, but yeah. hearing about the after fact, because they knew where I stood. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, of course, I'm not going to invite you. You wouldn't have come. Very true. Right. Very true. Yes. I'm yeah. still hurt by it. I'm yeah. still hurt by it. <laughs> no. Isn't that the kicker though? Where <laughs> yeah. it's like, <laughs> you know that you would have said no, but you want to be asked anyway. <laughs> exactly. I've said that to a group of friends previously. I was like, I know I'm not coming and I know I'm having a hard time responding to things, but please don't leave me out. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm absolutely the same. I think I'm glad I didn't know about this because I would have been mad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But in general, I do like... The, sometimes I just say yes because I'm afraid they'll stop asking me right. to go out. Right. But yeah, that's definitely been the new waters to navigate when it comes to friendships and ideas around quarantining and this whole pandemic because it's also it goes back to almost that awkward the joke of the awkward conversations you have with people now where it's like oh what vaccine did you get oh (laughs) yeah right right so it's kind of inevitably going to come up probably Mm -hmm. so it's just hard to avoid and it is people have emotions and thoughts about it they do Mm mm-hmm And then there's also for women who have children and families, perhaps just finding the time or energy to keep up a friendship was too much. Can totally see that. Right. (laughs) Sounds exhausting. Oh, for sure. For sure. And many have suffered loss or tragedy. And that type of experience can completely flip a person's desire to socialize or even feel like they can reach out to someone. And yeah, that's 
that's another thing that I struggle with in friendships is being, uh, if I feel like I have something sad or uh, I guess just not even fun to talk about, I don't feel like I can talk about it because I feel like they're going to be like, oh, this is awkward. I don't want to be here right now. I don't want to be talking about this. Right. But that's what friendship is, is you're being right. open with people and all of that. But it, especially when you think someone else is struggling too, you don't want to add to their struggles. And this has been a time of struggling. And <laughs> which we're going to talk about in a bit. But yeah, I feel the same way, especially when I had my previous jobs. They were Debbie Downer jobs, mm-hmm. to say the least. I came in as the Debbie Downer of the group because if they asked me how my day went, Oh, you don't want to ask me how my day went. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, right. the tragedies and the sadness that happened in my field, the many losses that I had over the wins. And even my wins were sad. I remember I was trying yeah. to explain to friends about something that was good, but in what that sounded like, but it's still a child that didn't have a parent and was going through loss. How is mm-hmm. this good uh, type of situation? And right. being told, stop talking. That's not, that's so, like, it, I actually was shut down saying, really, you're going to talk about this now? And I'm like, but someone <laughs> just asked me how my day went, and this is how my day went. And it was a victory for me, even mm-hmm. though to you, it sounds really sad because you don't want to talk about children with loss. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that taught me real quick. Oh, I can't talk to you. I can't be with you. I can't let you know what's going on because you don't want sad things. And unfortunately, <laughs> with mm-hmm. my job... That's the majority of my stories. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That was a very dramatic look you had on your face. I'm just saying. (laughs) Um, Well, we do have some more we want to discuss. But first, we have a quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. What do you do if you have allowed the fade to occur? I am very, very uh, guilty of this, but want to snap back. It's time. It's time we come back, right? Mm, Maybe. (laughs) I think, again, we've all been there. We get busy, overwhelmed, or just don't have the mental capacity to call someone or even text. But that's not because we don't want to. That's not because we're trying to stop a friendship or fade a friendship. It just happens. Life happen. So what can we do to change that? Well, first and foremost, be gentle with yourself and with your friends. It might have been a few days or weeks ever since you've heard from your people, but just like us, they are going through the hardships of the current state of the world. But what if they are going through other things as well? That's right. And I don't know how many times I've been depressed or completely exhausted. And I'm thinking, why aren't people checking up on me? (laughs) Why can't they read my mind? I know I need them to check up on me. But then to realize maybe they're feeling the exact same thing, or maybe they're going through something even harder. Like those Mm -hmm. moments of feeling like you're being neglected, you're also neglecting others. You never know what's happening. And just a simple hello, and usually for me, that's a gift of like, Hey, you know, I think my favorite mm-hmm. one is the, uh, there's a seal that runs up and does a wave. Okay. No it says hello. I love it. Uh-huh. And that can change things. That could just be a simple, I'm here, I'm checking up without having to be too invasive. And it doesn't take that much time because, again, we never know yeah. you two may be in the same place. And that miscommunication of who's going to be the one that reaches out yeah. causes a kind of friction. Yeah, yeah. I had a friend who we actually sat down and talked about this because 
she was fundamentally misunderstanding and I was fundamentally misunderstanding where both of us were coming from. Because I, I, I was struggling with insecurity and I still do where I don't want to be annoying or bother people. Right. So sometimes that means I won't reach out because I, I don't want to bother people. But to her, that was reading as she's not reaching out. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so there's that. And then I do, I very vividly remember in college having the realization of even people who look like they're so put together in quotes and everything's fine. Yeah, you don't know what they're dealing with. You really don't unless you check or ask. Um, right. I used to have... I don't necessarily think this was a super healthy thing either, but I used to have what I called the list of don't neglect. And I would have people... It was just this list. I'm like, check in on these people. And I would go through the list, you know, every couple of days just to make sure. <laughs> keep Am I track. on that list? Well, I don't do it anymore. This was oh. in... This was like when I first graduated college. And it, I mean, it was such a like Annie thing to do where I took something that should be fun and it became much more of like a to-do list and a stressor. So I stopped doing it, but... <laughs> Smart. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, to have those people in mind and it doesn't have to be big. Like you said, it can just be, you know, hey, I saw this and thought of you. And if they don't respond, that's cool. Right. <laughs> They'll respond when they can, hopefully. And yes, a simple a simple hello can work, whether it's through a text, a phone call, Marco Polo, whatever way you know, whatever way you typically communicate with your friend. Or sometimes it's fun to mix it up. Right. Just a simple connection can really do wonders. And yeah, remember your friendship is the ability to just be yourself with someone. Right. One thing my friends and I would always laugh about because... I don't know. There's an inside joke about just the fact that I'm always sleepy. I'm always sleepy. I, I just mm-hmm. am. And you know this. That we can just be around each other and take a nap. And yeah. that's true friendship. Like We would say two friends nap together. And I thought that was hilarious. But the overall ability is that we can just be there without having to entertain one another. Yeah. And that was okay. That's fine. We can do our own thing. But just be in each other's space. That's nice. Yeah. I had a my other friend Katie. We had a standing nap time on Fridays at three p.m. We would take naps together in college. I, look, when you get to the point where you're super busy, but you're mm-hmm. trying not to neglect your friendship, you come together yeah. and you realize, oh my gosh, I am so tired. And the other person's like, yeah, me too. I'm like, you know what? Let's just close our eyes, give ourselves <laughs> fifteen minute breaks. How about that? Yeah, there's something delightful to that. It is because you you're trusting someone with your kind of like vulnerable, sleepy, not real interesting self at the moment. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I love, um, and you're you're one of these friends, but I love when you have a friendship where you can kind of do your own thing. Like somebody will be working on, like uh, one friend, she sketches a lot when we hang out while I'm like working on Dungeons and Dragons or fan fiction. And we're together and, and we'll occasionally talk to each other. It can be really short and easygoing, but it's not like we're doing something very exciting. It's kind of right. separate, but together. But there is, yeah, that camaraderie there. There is. I think there's something nice to that. Yes. And then also you can be thoughtful and romantic with your friends. And Annie, you're really great at this. And when I say that, giving small gifts or large ones sometimes for no reason, just to say, I'm thinking about you. I saw this and thought about you. It's really, mm-hmm. really nice. Yeah, and thank you for saying that. You are too. Um, I I do... It sounds really cheesy, but I get these moments of just like such pure 
warm love for friends where I'm like, I've got to do something for this person. Right. And it just gets in my head and, and I'll do, I'll send like a silly video or yeah, I'll get a gift, but I, I just get like overwhelmed with love for someone and I want right. to do something. And there have been so many different occasions when someone has just needed to talk or feel loved and giving small tokens or small gifts is such an amazing thing to do to show that thoughtfulness goes a long way. And I mean, it's wonderful to get gifts when you're expecting them, but it's also lovely to get something when you're not. It doesn't have to be even a gift. Like Like I said, I used to do, I used to do a lot of funny videos or something. Right. Yes, you definitely did one for me. I did. And you know what? Because of the, we are using the word romantic, this is also one of those that are usually typically done by women. You don't see many male friends giving each other things. I know that was a whole shtick in New Girl in which mm-hmm. Schmidt gives his friend Nick a cookie. And he just, mm-hmm. and, the, and Nick is very suspicious. He's like, why right. Why are you giving me this cookie? Mm-hmm. Why? And it was a whole episode based on the fact that their thoughtfulness. And he he's like, men don't give each other gifts. Men don't do these things. And it's it's typically correct that I've only seen men give their romantic partners a gift, but to give to each other seems so unusual. Right. That makes me sad that they're missing out. <laughs> yeah, it can be such a lovely, a lovely thing. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But hmm, maybe you're good without that particular friendship anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then that's okay. That's okay, too. Maybe that friendship wasn't what you really needed, or maybe it's no longer what you need, or some of those differences that we talked about are too big, Mm -hmm. and it causes conflict, and um, it maybe was not a balanced friendship to begin with. So let's talk about that. Yes. Okay. So when is a friendship unhealthy? We wanted to look into when a friendship is not an actual friendship. So yes, let's start with toxic friendships. Toxic friendship is something that causes a negative impact on your life. They never give support or compassion in your life. They are typically draining, unrewarding, stifling, unsatisfying, and unequal. And again, from Urban Dictionary, these so-called friends often backstab, gossip, lie, act selfish, use, belittle, and even manipulate and are taking more than giving back to the friendship. Sadness and resentment is felt toward the toxic friends and breaking away from these toxic friends is a must. And you probably all heard terms like emotional vampire or energy vampire as well, which doesn't necessarily have to be a friend, but often goes into this whole thing. Right. So uh, we did want to talk about some of the warning signs and there are a lot more out there. There are a lot more articles that you can look at that give you specific maybe actions that are uh, taking place. But mm-hmm. we're just going to do a few of those warning signs. And one of them is that they always put you down. So, of course, we're not necessarily talking about every once in a while, just a friendly jab where you tease each other and move on, which I think I've done to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but if it's something that's not only causes you to feel bad about yourself or something that causes you embarrassment, maybe you should rethink this friendship and what it's about. An example that I think of on the top of my head is the Mean Girls movie where poor Gretchen just constantly gets yelled at by Regina and put down constantly about being told that her ideas are dumb and everything she's doing is not as good as her. That -hmm. would be one of those put down, not good friendships. Right. Another sign is crossing boundaries. Do they make you uncomfortable? Do they keep pushing you to do things you don't want to do? Or they don't listen when you let them know you don't like something or don't want to be a part of something. That is a sign. Another one is takers, those friends who use you for what you have, constantly 
coming to complain and need advice, but never check in on you or see how you are doing. Right. And then there's the non-supporter. We all have dreams, of course, and goals. And we definitely need help sometimes, whether it's someone who would call just to see how you're doing that day or how you're doing with things or those who just show up for you for moral support. But if someone is not doing this, but you're constantly doing that for them, that's not someone you want to be around. That's not someone who is a good friend, someone who, if you're trying to do something new, me, I was trying to knit. You were very supportive and I really appreciated that. As where those non-supportive would probably go ahead and talk down on you and ask you why you're doing it and you're going to fail. Those are the mm-hmm. people you don't want to be around. Yes. Uh, yes. And when you get older and you look back on how behaviors you had when you were younger, there were some like I've really been working on where I would get jealous of friends. I would get jealous if I thought like they were you know, having a better life or whatever, being cooler. And it was really hard for me to not like say something kind of snarky about it or something kind of a put down. And that's been something I've recognized and I've like actively tried to work on as I've gotten older. And that's something to keep in mind too, is to look for those things in yourself. And especially if you have a friend who says something about it, you should, you should examine that thing. Right. And I have a, an instance of two friends in my life who were both my best friends and they had a huge fight in college and they have not made up. One of them wants to and the other one doesn't. But it's also complicated because they're both my friends and I've heard both of their sides of it and I get both of their sides of it. And, you know, you can't force someone if they're not ready to be your friend again, then that's that's that. That's it. Yeah. It sucks, but the, yeah, I would I would just also... Keep in mind your own behaviors and friendships as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's also something called co-rumination. Co-rumination is defined as, quote, extensive and frequent discussion, speculation, and focus on negative feelings related to personal problems with close friends or friends. Um, that's from the National Institute of Health. It usually involves the constant discussion and rehashing of the same problems and often includes focusing on, quote, causes, implications, and negative feelings around that problem. So think of when you were going through a bad breakup and you went to your closest friends to talk about all the whys, what went wrongs, and how things could have changed. So yeah, this is a, actually, this, we need to watch this. I'm thinking about a Sex in the City episode where uh, specifically Carrie cannot stop talking about Big at that point. They'd broken up for the second time and she goes on and on and on and on to the point that her three friends intervene and say, okay, This is a big, big intervention because, you know, he was called big (laughs) because we cannot deal with this. We cannot keep talking about all the negatives. You're bringing everyone down. And not that we don't want to talk about it, but we've given you the week-long allowance of doing so. And you keep repeating the same thing. And it's becoming really negative for you as well as for us. And they were like, you need a therapist. And Mm. apparently they were like, you know, we have the same issues too. And we don't know what to do. This is why we have therapist because we need someone else to give us an unbiased opinion instead of, yeah, that dude's a dick. (laughs) Which that dude was a dick. (laughs) Anyway, just go there. But yeah, so of course, talking with our friends and really letting go when working through things isn't a bad thing. As in fact, one of the things I cherish most is being able to completely be honest about all my hurts and insecurities and, and having friends comfort me 
or shake me out of it. Like I really need that reality check. So co-ruminating can be a function of bonding for many friends and can, in the long run, benefit in a higher relationship satisfaction. And this is according to a study completed by the Oklahoma State University. Not only that, but the quality of the relationship and social support are also higher for those who co-ruminate. So not all bad thing. And apparently this is uh, only typically seen in friendships with women. So men don't co-ruminate, according to the statistic, uh, with their male friends. It's not something that they do. They don't sit and empathize with each other, which we've kind of talked about a little before, but they specifically said this is not a thing that happens with men. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. However, there is some bad. It's not all good because co-ruminating is essentially sharing and feeling each other's stress and anxiety. And it can become a negative cycle in which you feed off each other's stressors, causing a higher stress synchronicity that can also trigger other mental health issues like depression. Psychologist Amanda Rose found when women co-ruminate, they were, quote, more susceptible to emotional disorders. And with that, if your friendship is based on shared pain or bad experiences, there's a danger that you, quote, might start manufacturing that pain to keep the relationship going. And doing so can lead to a, quote, elevated risk of depression and anxiety. If these friendships are dependent on only the bad and painful things in the relationship, perhaps it's time to reflect on if that relationship is healthy. And there are examples uh, specifically through people who were talking about they actually really thrived on when their friends were going through bad things and were excited by that and was wanting to be the go person. And, you know, the co-ruminating part is a little too real for me. I feel I felt attacked reading mm-hmm. this. I'm not going to lie because I want to be a go-to person for people. That's kind of the thing. Yeah. I think that's part of my whole uh, caregiver mentality that I really want to be there for you. And mm-hmm. so knowing that you trust me enough to come to me in these dark times yeah. feels so rewarding that it's like, yeah, it kind of does feed into, I know I'm needed. And therefore, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep being needed by being this person. And maybe if you have these traumas, then this is good for me, right? But it is. It's really unhealthy when you take on too much. I remember there was one point where two of my closest friends were going through really, really hard things. And I was crying and upset about it later on to the point that I realized that I was in pain because they were in such pain that I felt like I couldn't be happy. Right. Yeah. It was a weird thing. And they weren't doing that on purpose. And Mm -hmm. please understand, these two friends are the best friends that I've had. And I could do the same with them. And I have done the same with them. Mm -hmm. But because of what was happening, that it was so intense because it just felt like everybody was falling apart, Mm -hmm. that I didn't have the right to be okay. Yeah. And whereas I, like on the other hand, I'm someone who struggles with like, everything has to be even. And so... I've already, and this is such a terrible thing, but I've already been like, here are the people who were really there for me when my dad died. So when their parents die, I'm going to have to really be there for them. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awful. Like, I want to be there for them, but it's, it's just one of those things where it's like already stressing me out. It right. It hasn't happened yet. You're like, who do I owe? Yep. Yep. And that, again, that's not what friendship is. That's not what it's about. Um, you should try to be as like, equal as possible in giving and receiving, but it's not like a book. Right. <laughs> it's not like a debt sheet that you need to keep track of. I mean, you should keep in mind if one person is doing a lot more than the other, but in general, it evens out. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It was a true friendship. You do for each other without thinking about that because it's automatic. It's easy from both ends. Right. So, for mm-hmm. sure. And, you know, I never really knew 
the term co-ruminating. So it, it's like, oh, oh, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's something to think on for sure. But to go a little deeper than just co-ruminating and uh, toxic friendships, we did want to talk a little bit about abusive friendships. And it's not talked about often, but it should be something that people are aware of and should watch out for. As in fact, uh, a couple of articles were talking about the fact that this is not addressed because it's not technically seen as domestic violence. Yeah. And so therefore people don't recognize it as quickly and realize how harmful it could be. But um, more often than not, abusive friendships and toxic friendships get mixed up. So we just kind of use those words interchangeably. Mm -hmm. And there is a subtle difference. Uh, Within abusive friendships, you do, again, see the similar signs of toxic friendship, but it continues on. As one article states, uh, abusive friendships often start on a positive note. But then the abuser may use repetition compulsion, which is when an abused person may unknowingly replay unresolved family dysfunctions in a new adult relationship, and that abuser uses that. So they know what you've gone through and are able to use that tactic against you, much like an abuser. Essentially, the person who is mistreated or abused may have gone through a lot in their childhood and endured so much in their childhood that it becomes a norm and is familiar. So therefore, they don't realize that that's what's being extended into these friendships. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes you see, you don't realize the negativity that's falling on you and you feel like that's what you deserve or that's what friendship yeah. is. Yeah, there have definitely been some situations, never like this to this extent, but there have been situations where I looked back and I was like, wow, that wasn't a good friendship. But at the time it seemed normal. and it's, right. it's, It felt like it just, almost like the frog in the boiling pot where it you know, slowly got worse and worse but you were thinking this is your friend and it would be a failure to cut off the friendship, right? So we have to stay friends. Abusers will play on your insecurities, but only after they have, quote, seduced you into a trusting relationship. And they are often excessively charming and attentive. Some other warning signs include harassment, dishonesty, and manipulations. They are also likely to be very argumentative and critical. And abusive friendships can cause so many mental health and physical issues such as depression, anxiety, stomach problems, high blood pressure, and even PTSD. I think, again, we did want to address this. And of course, this is still vague. It might not be all about the physical abuse, which is what's so easily noted as this is abuse, but this emotional manipulative tactics that causes people to be triggered in so many ways by what their actions are because they know they can trigger you or guilt you or manipulate you into feeling that you owe them something that right. it becomes an abusive relationship. Right. And we, we do have a little bit more for you listeners, but first we're going to pause for one more quick break for word from our sponsor. Thank you, sponsor. So not all friendships end because it's bad. So it's not Mm -hmm. all about toxic friendships and or abusive friendships. But, uh, you know, things happen. We grow, we change. And sometimes that means friendships change too. And there are people I think on fondly, but perhaps because of distance, we're not friends anymore. Uh, Maybe they started a family. And because I don't have a family, it's harder for us to relate or it's harder to find time. Any Mm -hmm. of those things could be reasons why we're no longer friends. And yeah, just your interest and commonalities have shifted. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's also possibility that your difference in beliefs 
Mm-hmm. That changes friendships. Perhaps it's politics. And for me, definitely my friends from my hometown, I don't talk to them as much. Mm-hmm. Some of us stopped talking altogether because of their reactions to Black Lives Matter. And that made me go, no, that that's a deal breaker for me. Right. If you can't see how this is racist. Sorry. That yeah. is, it is what it is. As well as the fact that I was super religious growing up. I'm no longer religious. And mm-hmm. that changed a lot of friendships for me from college and high school, which again, Super religious to not, and those people who are super religious right. still doesn't mesh too well mm-hmm. in the end. Yeah, yeah, and that is one of those things of uh, growing friendships and changing friendships. Because I too came from a very small conservative town, and sometimes because I was liberal back then, and most people were conservative, and I'm getting fights with like my <laughs> in seventh grade with my friends about the Iraq War or something. (laughs) But I didn't have like too many like-minded friends to choose from. But some of my friends who didn't think that way then have changed when they got out of the small town and and things like that. So yeah, for sure. And that's something I've always struggled with where I'm just so determined, but we were such good friends. We have to stay good friends. But sometimes, yeah, it's just you change and they change and things, life changes. Life changes. It does. That's not to say I do think you can make things work if there's like an equal amount of interest in time. But yeah. However, what if you want to break up with a friend? How do you do that? You can limit time. Sometimes ending a friendship is not necessary. Maybe it's all about limiting the amount of time or even specific situations, maybe only in group settings or maybe a one-on-one setting. Boundaries are always a beautiful thing. Yeah, I definitely had a friend of mine who I didn't get along with a person. And the way they explained their friendship, not that they had to explain their friendship, but because I wasn't the only one who was like, I can't be around this person. They are mm-hmm. too much of this, this, and this. And I'm going to go off. I think I've said that. I have a, I have a short temper. <laughs> but they were like, yeah, they're one of those friends that they're better one-on-one. They're mm. really sweet and very attentive. They get yeah. around a group of people and they don't know how to pull back mm-hmm. and just are a vibrant personality. And I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah, you have that one-on-one setting. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not nice, but whatever. But yeah, also, we talked a little bit before about the fading, the ghosting. It's a slow walking away from a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I'd say this metaphorically, obviously. And it may be the best solution possible, especially when we're talking about abusive or toxic relationships where you feel like it's just be combative trying right. to have a conversation with it. So whether it's, you know, less texting, right. a little more time, uh, not seeing them as much as you used to, or altogether, you know, not answering the call immediately kind of situation, not confiding in them so much, that might be a solution for you if you really feel like that's the only solution. Then again, let's say it is a really deep and personal relationship, but there's something that has happened that you feel like this is not going to work. A face-to-face conversation could work. Just be honest and open and also be willing to admit yourself when you haven't been the best friend as well. Mm -hmm. And so that could be a solution. I will say I know many of people as of late sending emails. Mm -hmm. And I've actually had an email. They weren't necessarily trying to break. Well, it did sound like a breakup letter. 
Mm-hmm. It did sound like a breakup letter. Actually, it's happened to me twice. Oh my gosh, I just remembered this. <laughs> so it's happened to me twice. Man, I must be a bad friend. The first time was because uh, I was super religious and pompous and over the top. And mm-hmm. when they corrected me, I was like, you're correct. I'm so sorry. And we were fine after that. That opened up a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. Another one was because they decided that because they were married now, that they wanted to start a family and being around single friends wasn't good for them. Mm-hmm. Right. They broke up with me. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh at your sadness. <laughs> I'm a bad friend. <laughs> I, just, I just remembered why. And remembering those, I'm like, wow. And of course, to be fair, it wasn't a bad thing to me. I was like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hear you. Yeah, we were talking about this recently. So I guess I have a combo. I have a combo example because I have an email fade-out situation that just happened. Which uh, This person was one of my best friends. We've known each other since we were four years old. We've traveled together. Um, We went to college together. We were roommates for a while. And she moved out of the country. She... There were also issues around uh, she really didn't like other women, which didn't sit well with me. (laughs) Mm Because I was like, what about me, though? I don't know how I feel about this. And then, yeah. Yeah, there were were some issues. But uh, but I wanted to keep the friendship going. And so we had like an email thing that slowly dropped to pretty much like twice a year. We did go on two journeys abroad during that time. But this was the first year. She sent me an email last year and was like, oh my gosh, pandemic. How are you going in the US? What's been going on with you? I'm so sorry. I haven't been in contact. I'm really bad about it. I sent her this whole thing and I was like, this is what's going on with me. How are you? Don't worry about you know being in bad contact. I'm just glad to hear from you and I never heard from her again. And this was her first birthday where I didn't send the like happy birthday thing because I guess we're done. Right. It's weird too. That situation is weird. I wonder if anyone else can relate to this. Where we would have a lot of discussions where she would like say, this is my problems with you. And I, I, I'm someone who tries to be really self-aware, especially like as I've gotten older. I wasn't in high school or whatever. But like as I've gotten older, sometimes she would say things where I'm like, am I just being really obtuse? Because that doesn't sound like how I've interpreted these situations at all. <laughs> It's just odd. Yeah, if someone is so quick and constantly trying to tell you you're bad, that would be toxic. That's the put-down thing. She was definitely a friend where, like, I was very, very worried all the time that whatever I said or did, our friendship was over. And that was it. That was the end. But we did have some wonderful times together, and it does make me sad. Right. And there there definitely is. I think that's the part of the problem is when you remember the good times. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's been long enough that you forgot the bad times. You're like, oh. But it's nice to have those memories. And I've I've, I've always been that type of person who would say that I love meeting people, even though I'm an introvert, because they change your perspective somehow and you find something new about yourself in that relationship. Mm -hmm. And hopefully it's a good thing. And even if it's a bad thing, it's still a lesson to learn at the very least. And then as I'm getting to 40, yeah. I only have time for essential friendship, meaning people who I can feed into and they could feed into me and we can come out together as better people. Like it's just when you get to a certain age, it's harder to make friends. A, B, I become more set in my ways as I Mm -hmm. get older. 
And it's hard for me to change my personality to fit you. Don't right. get me wrong. Reading a room and, and being able to at least understand and be compassionate and all of that for sure. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm not going to be giddy, happy, sweet, go lucky girl. That's just not me. Right. And I no longer have time. Right. <laughs> or the mental capacity to right. try to change my personality to fit into this. I mean, I feel like I struggled enough just without work and trying to be professional. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether, I'm, you know, like professional is hard for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something we all kind of learn and go through is essentially, yeah, what is this friendship giving me? Is it right. worth the time and energy? And I know back when I um, first started and we were, the Stuff Mom Never Told You had the YouTube channel that was really active that was one of the things we heard the most from young listeners, especially, was I, how do I... I'm in a toxic friendship. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that this is something we all have dealt with and seen. Right. So I, I hope that this helps in some way. <laughs> yes. And the good news is there are people out there who can connect. And there was a survey that said that one in 10 people don't actually have close friends. That made me sad. Because I definitely could tell you immediately the four people that I could call if I was in an emergency state. Mm -hmm. And that makes me sad to think that someone might go without that. Because for sure, as a person who don't feel close to my family, Mm -hmm. didn't have a family at one point in time, Mm -hmm. my friends are my family. Yeah. So I can't imagine what it would be like not to have people close to me that I could lean on and know that will be there for the times that I can't be there for myself or that I can't see the reason to keep going because I've had many of those times. Yeah. But having friends to truly be there to hold my hand in mm-hmm. the darkest moments, that's been a lifesaver, literally yeah. a lifesaver for me. Yes. I totally agree. That's very, very, very powerful. And I, I wish that everyone had it because I, I think it does make you, good friendships help you make you better. <laughs> because uh, I have to, and Samantha knows I've been on a fan fiction binge I just read a fan fiction where one of the characters was like about to die and realized like literally no one would come to save him because he's a terrible person and has no friends. (laughs) And then changed his ways once he survived. (laughs) That feels like a Scrooge. It very very much, yes. Yes. (laughs) Don't be a Scrooge, everyone. And if you need friends and you've been listening to us and count us as friends, please know we are your friends. Yes. Yes. We really do appreciate the support from all of you. That is a true statement. And if you would like to contact us, you can. Our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at stuffmomnevertoldyou or on Twitter at momstuffpodcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Who is also a friend. Yes. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 